Welcome to LifeSight AI, the podcast series brought to you by Cypro and hosted by me, Nick Mahoney. This series looks to shine a light on the key developments of AI within the life science industry. Following on from the successful roundtable Cypro hosted in 2020, we aim to bring cross collaboration between common projects and to help promote the use of AI in life sciences. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome back to another episode of, of LifeSci AI, the podcast series. Uh, this is the, the penultimate episode in our series. And luckily um, we are joined by the CTO of, of Nicolab, uh, this, this this morning, uh, Dr. Renan Salles Barros. Um, not, not doctor yet. <laughs> not not <laughs> quite a doctor yet. Almost a doctor. Almost a doctor. Almost. So we're joined oh, by almost doctor. Title, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll read it. We are joined by almost doctor Renan Salles Barros, <laughs> um, CTO of, of Nicolab. And we're very lucky to be joined by uh, Renan today because Nicolab have been in the news recently. Um, so I'll let uh, Renan uh, introduce himself and a little bit about Nicolab and perhaps why why you guys have been in the news recently. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. So um, yeah, we received uh, um, like substantial investment from our um, Australian investors. It's around uh, thirteen, well, not around exactly, thirteen million uh, Australian dollars to help us, you know, build uh, Nicolab even further. It's been quite a journey, you know, uh, with the COVID and uh, a lot, lot of talks, but um, yeah, it's uh, for me as the CTO, you know, I see the money, I'm just like, okay, now there is a lot more work to do, right? Because now we have the resources, so we have to, <laughs> to use those, those investments well and uh, expand the team because there is quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of cool stuff to do indeed. Yeah, and, no, um, for sure. Exciting times. Exciting times. Lots of things for you to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me started. This grows every day. Um, yeah, but I think maybe maybe it's also nice if I tell a little bit about Nicolab. And the first people always ask us, uh, uh, who is Nico? And there is no Nico at the company. Um, <laughs> Nico in Nicolab stands for Neurovascular Imaging Core Laboratory. Um, so when uh, when we founded the company in 20... Um, 2015, I was the one registering the domain and that was the only domain free available. You know, we are just students, PhD students. I still am PhD candidate. And um, yeah, we uh, together with our, with our CEO, uh, Miro Burs, um, we've been working, uh, developing algorithms for processing CT scans from stroke patients since, in 20, since 2013 uh, here in the academic um, hospital in Amsterdam. The, so-called IMC. And um, well, in the beginning, we actually, I mean, we were doing research, right? So everything that we were developing was more uh, focusing on, on research. That's also why we have the lab on the name of our, of our company. Uh, one of our first clients was um, like pharmaceutical companies doing um, clinical trials uh, for stroke patients. So basically they wanted to measure something uh, on the head of a stroke patient, for example, how much infarcted so dead brain tissue and or how big uh, a bleeding, a hemorrhage inside the brain. And they were using our software to do those measurements because you know, software, it's, it's consistent. You know, a doctor sometimes in the morning, he will do something 
uh, and in the afternoon it's going to be slightly different because it's a bit more tired. So for those research, mm. uh, consistency is also quite important. So that's how we started. There was a lot of um, yeah interest from the pharmaceutical companies, and then later we we thought, okay, let's bring this to the clinical workflow. Let's really help patients, and you know, especially as a PhD um, candidate, usually you think, oh, I'm going to do this research. I'm going to go into a paper, put it in a drawer, and it's never actually going to help anyone. Yeah. So we are very proud that actually we, well, I'm still finishing it, right? But, um, yeah. but uh, we finished our PhDs and we are bringing this uh, to help uh, yeah. the life of patients. So your, your PhDs really have come to life through, yes, through exactly, Nucleus. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the papers that we wrote in the PhD became uh, the product that we, that we, that we use wow. today. Like really, uh, so I have a paper about uh, the cloud, uh, a cloud architecture for uh, high performance analysis of stroke uh, patient data. And that's the same architecture that we use uh, in, our, um, in our product, Stroke Viewer. Uh, so Miro has a, a paper about, she developed a new way of measuring, um, yeah, how that the, the vessels in the brain are, yeah, behaving depending uh, maybe maybe i can i i'm going to try to avoid being very medical here because i maybe the audience <laughs> will have no clue what i'm talking about it, it happened to me as well right i'm a computer scientist yeah. so when yeah. i moved from brazil to to the hospital 50 percent of the words they're talking i just had no clue what they're talking about so i'm <laughs> going to try to keep it uh, in, in, in easy to understand but anyway so so our ceo she developed something uh, like an algorithm to measure something specific in the brain that based on that you can um um, you can basically determine if this patient will, it, it still makes sense to treat this patient yes or no. And um, yeah, so, so her research is just one of our, one of, it's part of our product as well. <clears throat> so yeah, that's basically bringing the whole uh, PhD research uh, to life. That's what we do. And we still do a lot of research actually here in the company. It's also uh, yeah. a, a nice part of the work we do. Yeah, no, awesome. So I, I think you, you, you're sort of living out most PhD. <laughs> candidates dreams right um <laughs> at the moment which is which is fantastic um yeah. but just just yeah. just it's on a, that, i noticed you, i just wanted to say i noticed that you said that you when you you came from brazil uh, as a computer scientist into imc and you didn't know like 50 percent of the words because they're medical like you were just like I, yeah. I don't really i've not been in this domain i don't really know yeah. what i'm talking about as, as of yet so how did you find that transition um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's funny because I always thought, how hard can it be? It's just an image, so you know, <laughs> just bits. Um, it's just uh, yeah, grayscale uh, grayscale values in a in a matrix. So uh, it turns out it can be pretty hard. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what what it was great about uh, uh, the the research we have done. It was a multidisciplinary team. So uh, I was working, so I was a computer scientist, uh, software engineer. There was also um, a radiologist in training working together with us. Um, there is also like our, our CEO, Mero, she's a technical medicine. So she, she's in between, she understand a lot more about uh, the medical space, but she also can code. So we had mm -hmm. all these flavors of uh, medical and technical and we've been working together. So that helped a lot. So I learned a lot yeah. from, from, from those guys. And also you just learned a lot by, by just being exposed and talking with the doctors. Um, so it, it was quite a smooth transition, you know? So 
when I look back, I was like, oh my God, I know so much about stroke as a, as a computer scientist. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, it, it went gradually. So I don't really notice. Yeah. Like for example, now when we, um, when we hire a new engineer in the company as well. So we have, you know, as part of our onboarding process, they get a crash course on stroke. Uh, <laughs> because it's actually, yeah, now back to my uh, naive uh, approach. There is quite a lot of, you know, biological processes and, and, and yeah, just the anatomy itself, like all that knowledge, you can take advantage of that to, mm. to improve whatever method you are developing, you know, you know in a, whatever image processing technique you're using. So it's, it's important to be, uh, to be like in a multidisciplinary uh, team working together. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so just to give an idea of timelines, you were there, when did you um, join IMC? Yes, 2013. Uh, oh. And um, I think, yeah, maybe my, my memory can play tricks on me, but uh, the, 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 the famous um, Mr. Kling trial started in 2012. Uh, yeah. This sounds, I think something like that. I might, I might be off by a few years. Yeah. Um, so and that was released, this, that was released in 2014, 2015, Mr. Yes, Clean? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically we've been working as part of the Mr. Clean research, right? So, um, which was the first time that um, they proved that the mechanical removal of blood clots in the brain of stroke patients was an effective treatment. Before that, you would only use um, this clot dissolving agent. So I always, you know, to explain to, to my fellow uh, engineers, I always tell them, it's like, you know, when you have a, 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 your pipes on your sink obstructed and then you try mm -hmm. to put those acids to dissolve and yeah. I don't know for you, but for me, that never works. Um, <laughs> and then you have to go with a wire and take it out. So, um, mm -hmm. so that's exactly what they did in a stroke. Maybe the doctors won't hear right. me saying that it's gonna, uh, it's, it's a gross simplification, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so before uh, the Mr. Kling trial, they were only using this acid to dissolve the clot obstructing an artery in your brain. Mm. Then after that, they, they showed that uh, going with, a, with a, a wire, a catheter, and taking it out mechanically was very, very effective, like, super effective. Yeah. Like, but, um, you know, it's, a, I mean, it, it, well, it, it changed the, the stroke care in the world, basically. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and luckily we've been involved in that research as well. Mm. And, um, awesome. And that was pretty much, a, that was like a change in the, in the, the well, the therapy and how you treat strokes. So yes. it's almost like um, when it comes to diagnostics and the use of AI, it's a bit like a chicken and an egg. There's, there's not really too much point if you pull lots of investment, lots of R&D into diagnosing something using AI, if you've got no therapeutic behind it <laughs> absolutely absolutely so, yeah so I, I guess you you were involved with the egg and now you're, you're creating the chicken <laughs> yeah yeah and we were, both were in the making at the same time yeah. um so yeah no th this is a this is a great point what you're you're saying so it's also one of one of the interesting things of using AI in a stroke so uh basically what we do it's select the right patient for the right treatment and AI plays a major role, not only in just, you know, we, we are always uh, limited by the performance. Well, again, I'm simplifying a little bit, but we use, we use the, the, the humans as, as ground truth. So we, mm -hmm. we um, you know, we always have to compare against the human, but what AI is really good, it can do uh, analysis of the data much, much faster than a human can do. 
and the AI yeah. never gets fired, right? Yeah. So in an acute setting, uh, there is a lot of value of applying AI. Uh, because for example, I see a lot of uh, AI algorithms being used, for example, for um, um, kind of delineating um, uh, tum uh, cancer tumors or things like that, but that's not so, it's not, it's not so urgent, right? So yeah. If, yeah, if you can just wait for a long time, uh, the doctor can do that later the, on the week. There is, no, there is no urgency. But in our case, there is a lot of urgency and, um, and the AI plays just a major role in the speeding up that process. Yeah. So, our, our, um, um, our, so we, we have the product live in, in several hospitals here in the Netherlands and we already shown that um, it's quite a significant impact in terms of reducing the time to treat the patient. And in stroke care, time is very critical because yeah. Brain's just dying as the yeah. more you wait to remove that blood clot, for example. Yeah. So you have to yeah. What are, what are the, I'm sure you've got them, the, the stats um, are that research has shown sort of how many minutes it, if you, if you save a certain amount of minutes, it saves a certain amount of months or yeah, yeah, yeah. years. So, Do you have them to hand? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we know, for example, every one minute that you speed up the, the assessment of stroke patient, they gain Depends on the paper, right? But some say 27 days of healthy living, some say 22, but it's 22 yeah, days it, yeah. per minute. So every minute counts, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, we could Google and, and look it up how many <laughs> kilometers of synapses die per second. It's, it's crazy. Um, also in terms of costs as well. So uh, there's been a recent paper about uh, the, the financial impact of stroke in US. And if I remember correctly, I think on average, every one minute translates to $1,000. So again, if you save one minute, uh, if you speed up the assessment of stroke patient, the time to, to treatment in one minute, that will save the hospital or the, or the healthcare system around $1,000. So it's quite a lot, quite a lot of, of mm. substantial impact, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, when you were, because this is emergency care, yeah, isn't it? it, it it's yeah. time pressurized. Like you said, there's a difference if you go to um, diagnosing breast cancer or lung cancer or um, heart disease, for example. It's a little bit different because it's not time pressured. It, it, it is yeah. more, more acute. So I guess the workflow is different. The patient workflow is different and diagnostic workflow is different. What yeah. challenges have you found in implementing that in a different setting for this, this, so this time pressured? A lot of challenges, man. Because <laughs> uh, no, seriously. But that's the fun part of the work, right? Yeah. So um, to start with, those images are quite big. Like, uh, so, 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 how does it work for us? Uh, mm. the patient is brought to the to, to the hospital. Like, I have symptoms of stroke. Call an ambulance. They brought me to the nearest hospital, right? The the, the nearest one because you know the, the fastest, the better. Um, then they're gonna scan my head with a CT scanner. Th that data it's uploaded to, to Stroke Viewer, our product on the cloud. And then we do the analysis. Uh, but um, we're talking about sometimes gigabytes of data and we have to do everything as I, as I told you, every second count. So one of mm. our, our main um, bottlenecks is just the upload of the data. Like takes sometimes 40 seconds. Uh, here you're, <laughs> you're really fighting for every little second. Um, then once the data is uploaded, uh, for example, in the case of the first scan, we analyze the entire um, the entire head of the patient within like 30 seconds. Depends on how big the image is, and then the the, the doctor gets a result. 
so to make sure that this whole system is you know, super smooth and, and very effective, there is a lot going on behind the scenes. Uh, also, another another uh, difficulties that we have is the fact that, you know, if you go to, to Amazon or Google and you just want to, people always use this example, classify a picture of a cat or a dog, that you you can pretty easily have a um, uh, the whole you know Amazon infrastructure managing that um, that AI model for you because it's very simple. You just have a small image that you send and you get the result and everything. It's, it's yeah, it's done really nicely. Mm. Uh, you, as a company, you don't have to worry so much about the infrastructure. Uh, but our case is different. So the whole orchestration of the of the AI services is built by us because it's a specific, right? We, we, uh, everything is complicated for us. So you're dealing with very big images and it has to be done very, very fast at mm. the speed of what you need. And also it has to be cost effective because yeah. you could also make it very, very fast, but it would cost a lot of money. And we all know that healthcare is something expensive. So you also want to make sure that our product is it's cost effective, so it can be used with, uh, you know, the biggest amount of uh, patients in the world. Yeah, yeah. And was there, was there any decisions that you made early on that was to set up in that direction? Yeah, so right at the beginning when we started, um, we just decided we're gonna do it cloud-based and there were many reasons for that. But that, that, just, that, oh, that would have been quite novel back then. It was, back then, uh, uh, to be very transparent <laughs> with you, a lot of doctors said, like, no way this is going to happen. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah, they were just like, I'm not going to put my images, um, my patient data on a cloud somewhere. Yeah. It has to be on premises. So, uh, yeah, they, they just think of, you know, they want to have a box inside, yeah. inside yeah, the yeah. hospital. Yeah, a, a, a box that they can kick when they are angry at it. So um, then, uh, but we just, I mean, we are also a small company and we just thought it just makes way more sense to have it on the cloud. Yeah. I mean, the guys, every time, so every time there is an update, we update our, our product every week for a medical device company, you know, that's quite impressive. People on other uh, domains might think, ah, oh, that's, that's not a big deal. But as a medical device, that's, that's quite a big deal. There's a lot of regulation and tests and validations that we have to perform. Mm. So we do that every week. Um, yeah, uh, also that the fact that the data is on the cloud, uh, it's pretty um, easy to share the data, you know, like a peripheral hospital can share patient data in a secure, of, of course, in a very, very secure way uh, with, uh, with the comprehensive center. So that also, so to give an idea, sometimes it would happen that you send a patient, like you, the patient comes to a small hospital they scan ahead, okay, this patient needs to be transferred to a big hospital to do this mechanical removal of the blood clot. And, but there was no way to share the data. So the patient had to be scanned again. And you know, even if it's just 10 minutes or 20 minutes, as I mentioned before, it has quite a huge impact. So nowadays with, with our product, the doctors can even... Uh... <laughs> my, now my lights have gone off. It's been an interesting yeah. recording. <laughs> you, <laughs> one second. A lot of technical uh, technical problems. 
Yeah, so yeah. we've had we've had electricity go down on on uh, uh, Renan's side, lights go off, <laughs> no power safe. Yeah, on your side, yeah, but, yeah. Well, we we will manage for sure. Yeah, but I, I was just saying that when uh, um, uh, the fact that the images are on the cloud, uh, the doctors don't need to scan again. So sometimes they can even start uh, doing the 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 planning of the procedure while the patient is an ambulance. So that saves a lot of time because- Oh, I see. So, so yeah. you, you can put this, you can put your software platform in the ambulance. So the diagnostic diagnosis is done before no, no. they get to the hospital. Oh. No, no, no. So that, so there are two two steps, right? First, right. The, the, um, the patient goes to the peripheral hospital, then they scan their head and then they find out, okay, this guy can do the mechanical um, removal of the clot. But not everyone can do that. It's a pretty complicated procedure. Oh, I see. They have to transfer to this other hospital. While the patient is on transfer in an ambulance, uh, you can, uh, the patients at the comprehensive hospital, because they already have the images on the cloud, they can already prepare everything. So by the time oh, the patient arrives, they don't need to scan them again. They, they just know what to do. So they just do it. So that saves a lot of time as well. Oh, I see. Uh, so if, if, that, because you're in the cloud, they can pass them through. If you're not in the cloud, then... I would have to physically, physically yeah, somehow find a way it. to copy the data. Yeah, exactly. So it would oh, be, be more time consuming. That was what yeah. they were using before here in the, the north of uh, North Holland. Mm -hmm. uh, they were using a system that gets the data and then pass it to a server somewhere and then push it to the on-premise services in the hospital. And that would take sometimes uh, 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And 40 minutes is just That's, too much. We can't, yeah. We can't wait. Yeah, no. And just want to delve into... Um, your role at, at, at Nicola uh, as, as CTO. Because um, there'll, be, there'll be people who are listening to this who, who are CTOs, who are CEOs, CSOs, yeah. who are in, in their PhD and, and, and looking, to, looking to achieve that. So I guess it'd be good to know what your, what your, what your secrets to success is at the moment. <laughs> oh, wow, um, man, I think... <laughs> That's uh, that's a that's a fun question. So, so, sometimes I tell um, like my first, I mean I've been studying my whole life, right? You know, bachelor, master, PhD, and then my first job is was CTO. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like um, yeah, uh, but I've I've talked with a lot of other uh, CTOs, um, um, you know, just to find out as well, just just mm. to to learn from them. And most people say like, well, that's that's a, a job that you you define. You define uh, basically um, your tasks, right? So here at Nicolab, I do. I used to do a lot of technical um, stuff, coding. So the hemorrhage um, segmentation algorithm was uh, first version was built by me. Um, the architecture of the cloud was also uh, defined in, uh, in during my PhD as well. But you know, the more that uh, the company grows. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get involved with everything here. Mm. Um, I think if there is one, one I don't know, secret to success is just like, um, just be proactive. I just do whatever it takes, yeah. you know? So yeah, yeah. From, from managing the, 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 the IT infrastructure to designing the first logo of the company to <laughs> talking to, uh, talking to, to the clients. I've been in many meetings uh, with clients. Um, you need to, to be able to adapt because you never know where there's gonna be a gap in your team. And 
sometimes yeah. it, it comes to your to your lap and you just have to to deal with it yeah so that's also what that's also what we look for uh when we are hiring someone uh we we don't care very much about you know oh i program in java or program in c plus plus in a computer programming languages anyone can learn that's that's not a problem but if you're smart if you're proactive you know if you see a problem yeah. you go there and, and and just try to fix it that's uh, i think that's that's an important attitude and and you're gonna make mistakes, man. So yeah. we, we make mistakes, but, but you learn. You learn yeah. from it. Then you exactly, yeah. And then you go ahead. So uh, definitely, yeah. you, you said you 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 ask for advice from other CTOs and stuff. Is is there anyone that, that's particularly helped you? Um, no. Recently or, or in the past? <laughs> no, no. I mean, like everyone is is just figuring things out, especially in this domain with AI. Things are changing so fast. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. just have to trust to trust your instincts as well. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no, there is no. Um, it would be if there was a nice recipe. It would be on a boat. It would sell. <laughs> everyone and, would do it. Everyone yeah. would move. No, you. I mean, everyone is in a different situation. Every company has particular things. Um, yeah. What, what I mean, I'm a very um, science-driven guy. Uh, right. That has its pros and has its cons. So um, every time I'm trying to make a decision, I. I I do a very quick Google Scholar research to see what is the what is the state of the art in this in this domain here. What can we do? Um, but sometimes you just have to, like for example, when we uh, when we developed our um, clot localization algorithm, um, I was just talking with uh, with our CEOs like I'm sure we can do it. You know, it's going to take some time. Um, it's going to take some effort, but but we can do it. And we were the first company to to do that, to have a, a AI model that not only um, detects a blood clot, but shows where it is. Because, you know, with, with AI, it's very easy for you to, to quickly build a prototype, you know, mm. just train and, and you have something working. Uh, but you also need to make sure that it's useful. And the doc yeah, the doctors, the doctors, for example, just telling them, yeah, there is a blood clot in the CT scan. It's not so helpful because they still have to go and look where it is. You know, just a simple classifier. So we we had to find also what it is and show which image features the AI were using uh, to come up with that decision. Um, so I guess this combination of listening to 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 your customers and trying to build something useful and mm -hmm. using the technology as just as a as a tool, right, to achieve to achieve that goal. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm really um, uh, let's say um, lucky to have. You know this interdisciplinary team here that that uh, we have yeah. a lot of interesting discussions and sessions uh, on yeah. a weekly basis and yeah that definitely helps. Curious environments is what, is yeah. what I always say. You can if yeah. you can foster and, and create a curious environment, it, it, it leads to success. Um, you know you don't yeah. you don't want forty of the same people programming the same thing from the yeah. same background from the same university. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned combination that. Combination of ideas, right? Yeah, yeah. At some point in time, uh, I think we had two people from the Netherlands. But apart from that, everyone else in the company was from a different country, different background. Wow. Yeah. So it's very, very um, international. It's so cool. What's, what's, your biggest, what's your biggest success? 
Well, I am really proud of being, you know, this company that just pushed for the for the cloud architecture. I'm also really proud of being the first one to have the um, to have the cloud localization um, available. Um, and well, I mean, we have a lot more interesting stuff that you're gonna see on our LinkedIn page in the future. <laughs> that uh, I'm also really uh, confident about. But um, yeah, I think. And there was one particular moment that for me was really, really special was when we, so we were making sure that our first clients would use Stroke Viewer, right? We installed everything. And I think during a Friday, I mean, I worked a little bit on the weekend as well. And then it was gonna be live uh, Monday, 9 a.m. And then Monday, 9 a.m., there was the first patient going through the platform. So that's something that, I'm really proud, you know. Well, we know straight straight away. It was straight away, like wow. like almost like was like, is this right, you know? But uh, straight away, and uh, it was so exciting to see all the work you've been putting into this for years finally coming and, and helping someone. And that was yeah, um, yeah. that for me was just okay, you know. That's that's it. <laughs> I don't need more. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that was I think the the, the biggest highlight so far. Uh, because you know, after after the first one, then you get a hundred, two hundred, a uh, thousand patients. Then then, it I mean it's it's super special. But the first one, mm. I don't, that moment, it, it's very special to me. Yeah, no, I can. I, well, I, yeah, it would. I don't know what it would it be like. I don't know. Imagine like it's like <laughs> your your baby going out and, and, and proving. <laughs> yeah, what it is, it is right. I, I can't even really imagine what that must have felt like, but it, it must have been an amazing experience for, for all of you, um, but just yeah. mainly yourself, yeah. because you, you have effectively built most of it um, and, the, and the AI behind it. Um, yeah, no, the whole, yeah, the the whole team, we were, yeah, yeah, it was um, indeed, it was, it was a really uh, special time. And, and yeah, you know, it's, uh, there was still, I mean, there is always a space for improvement. Like, there's also one of the mm. challenges as, as being, um, a science science oriented guy like I am, you always sometimes yeah, but we still can do this better. We can do this better and this and this. But sometimes you have to, you know, put the baby out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let it let it let it try and ride the bike <laughs> with the yeah, stabilizer. Yeah, exactly. Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, you know? take away the supporting uh, wheels and, uh, and and see how yeah. it goes. You also learn a lot by doing that as well. Mm. That, that's important. Yeah. Like sure, and one thing I'm really keen to to help you to stress to people listening, we've, we've spoken a lot about um, the, the product Stroke Viewer um, that you guys have, and the fact that it it utilizes utilizes AI to to diagnose strokes. But it it really is this cloud architecture that you have implemented from. It was very novel, with a lot of pushback early on yeah. from radiologists, but that 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 sets you aside. From, from others, other, other products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen now that uh, there is a lot of people moving in and, and uh, you know, just trying to do the same. Um, I mean, it, I would say that the combination is the great part, right? Because not, not only um, what are we also really proud is that the architecture that we are building here, it's something that can also in the future enable us to bring the more um, let's say unique types of, uh, of uh, AI algorithms, deploy them again in the emergent setting in a fast, reliable and cost-effective way. 
So there's also something that, that I'm really proud of mm. the work we've been doing. Of course, the 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 AI as well. It's it's very challenging uh, uh, to develop, and that's also uh, important. To I mean, that's actually <laughs> one of the most important things, right? Yeah. But this combination, right? And the combination, the two yeah. the two things working smooth uh, together. I think that makes us quite quite unique uh, mm. from the engineering perspective. Like, so if you have uh, yeah. engineers uh, listening to us and uh, yeah, looking for an interesting challenge just uh yeah drop, drop <laughs> us a message <laughs> yeah 100 so so you've you've set your cloud architecture in a way that will enable you to branch out into other areas of emergency care um or to keep adapting your your current one for stroke how, how have you set it out for long-term scalability yeah. let's say yeah yeah i mean it's a stroke one in every six people will have a stroke Right, and the the and also because of you no know, people live longer and poor diet choices and things like that, the, the number of stroke patients is only increasing in the developed countries. So it's a, it's uh, it's the second leading cause of death in the world. So uh, sometimes I also make the joke like you know Elon Musk is you know, is um, you know with the self driving car is trying to solve co cause of death number ten, and Bill Gates with the with you know he has something with uh, toilets in Africa. Uh, diarrhea disease is like reason of death number yeah. eight, and Nicolab we are solving number two. Number two, really <laughs> uh, so high in the in the hierarchy of uh, yeah of impact. Yeah. Um, so we want we want to do a stroke well, uh, and 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 that's the main focus, right? Mm. But we do see um, we do see opportunities to apply, you know, um, the same the same approach in other emergency areas in the future. Absolutely, yes. So that yeah. that's also something that um, that we we will do in the future. Yeah. Um, also, because right now um, we also depend on the, the types of treatment that are available for a stroke. What we do yeah. is we select people for a stroke treatment, and maybe in the future, if there are more you know unique, different ways of treating stroke uh, treatments, we're going to have to build more um, AI algorithms to select for those specific type of treatments. Yeah. Um, as well so that is always yeah we're continuing stroke and then we want to solve stroke the best we can but i mean all the knowledge that we built and the architecture we built can also definitely help mm. people in other um acute um, or emergency areas of course and yeah we are in the business of helping people so why not right yeah no ab absolutely so staying within emergency care is gonna be your primacy and it but it's also driven slightly by the advancing in how you treat a stroke as well if there are more nuanced areas effectively like if, if there's going to be a mr clean 2.0 um yeah. or something like that that will help you drive into another area exactly uh, um could, could you use your cloud architecture for um places that haven't got the infrastructure that haven't got the hardware to help them to help those areas as well y yes i mean if there is an internet connection, we, we can help. That's the, the bare minimum infrastructure that we need. So um, it, it, it's as simple as that. So the, the hospitals don't need much. Uh, they have a cable with internet where they can push the data to us. We do the rest, we do the rest and they see everything, um, they see everything on their browser. So even the rendering of the images are done on the server side and it's streamed to them. And the way we do that is again to avoid pushing data is, is to make it very, very uh, um, 
uh, very effective. Like we don't want to push data to the browser that takes time to load images. We want everything to be yeah. as smooth as possible. So, so the bare minimum we need is an internet con internet connection. Um, yeah, and if you have that, so, then uh, yeah. Then so, have you looked into helping? I'm, I'm thinking, think of areas of the world where they haven't got massive healthcare systems. Um, yes. That yeah, I mean, I'm from Brazil, available. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, we we do have. Um, yeah, we we have done some. Uh, I think it's still ongoing. I have to to look uh, mm. look it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we ha we have uh, some pilots uh, going on in uh, in Latin America. Um, so, in, in a country like like the Netherlands, you know, all all hospitals have CT scanners. They can they can do more advanced type of imaging. Uh, in other areas uh, in the world, they cannot. But actually, I think those areas are the ones that benefit the most from AI because we can, you know, use the, the machine intelligence to use that, uh, let's see, not so, um, um, yeah. Ooh, are you still there? There was a lot of No, what I was going to say, there's, there's a bigger gap for you to close. If, if you know, yeah, you yeah, there's, a, there's a skills yeah. gap, there's an infrastructure gap, there's a it's a hard way. There's a bigger gap yeah. for you to close in Brazil than there is in the Netherlands. So almost absolutely. the impact is 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 bigger. It, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You 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 said it uh, perfectly. So uh, <laughs> no, seriously, in countries like Brazil, for example, the distances to move patients are much 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 bigger, right? Uh, so that mm. help. So that means that uh, you know, making the decisions right at the beginning have have a way uh, bigger impact. They don't have all the type of imaging as well. So we are also developing um, um, biomarkers here that can do the same advanced processes that we have in more advanced imaging and more advanced CT scanners, but to the more simple ones as well. Sometimes they don't even, they don't even have the ability to see the entire head of the patient. They just scan mm -hmm. like a small slice here. Uh, mm. So yeah, so they definitely can benefit a lot more. Uh, and we are, we are doing some pilots, and as I said, in, in Latin America. Because uh, well, I mean, I'm from there, so uh, it would be nice <laughs> yeah. to help help people yeah. there as well. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome. Because um, I noticed that there are some other um, people in the space who utilize cloud and have them for a little while now. Who are seeing that as an area of, um, I don't know, social responsibility to help that area yeah. as, as well yeah. off, off the off the back of the funding and the the revenue that you'll get in both Europe and, and America. Um, to help those areas as well, because it, it doesn't isn't isn't a massive. Um, it's like an extension rather than a new thing that you'd be doing um, yeah. for it. So, um, I, I wondered though, because I, I we had a I had a um, an episode with, with Blackford uh, analysis. Um, um, I didn't hear that an episode with. We had, Black? Sorry, we had an episode with with Blackford analysis, and I asked I asked um, their CEO Ben Panther the same question. Because um, they're 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 like a, a cloud um, software platform where third-party um, uh, imaging companies can go on and, and utilize their implementation for hospitals. Um, so just because I know implementing it is, is quite challenging sometimes. Um, but I asked I asked him how COVID has affected the uptake in cloud for for hospitals. I don't know if you guys have seen um, a, a more um yeah more a more positive approach to, to using cloud in the past year and a half um oh, yes. from hospitals 
or yeah that, that there was a, a great um so because we have this cloud-based uh viewer uh that is um yeah, sorry, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, during the, um, the COVID, um, some doctors, uh, some radiologists approached us to use actually Stroke Viewer for uh, remote viewing of uh, uh, lung, lung CT scans because, you know, they could work. <clears throat> they could work remote, remotely and they were so yeah. happy with uh, the work we've been doing. So that's something that we did as well. We did uh, join a consortium to try to use AI to, um, to help COVID patients. But what, one of the side effects of COVID, I don't know if you heard, is that sometimes it leads to more blood clots and blood clots is what causes stroke. So for us, mm. the work actually didn't, uh, didn't decrease actually. Uh, mm. It mm. became even mm. more relevant to use uh, stroke viewer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, that's been the impact of, of COVID. It's accelerated um, the, the work of, of people like yourself uh, and, and yeah. have really highlighted the need um, for, for these software platforms, for these tools to exactly. both democratize exactly. medicine further, um, but also to, to, to harness remote um, diagnostics um, yeah. if, if possible. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we're getting to a work. We've realised now that we don't all need to be in the same room to do to do something. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I can be in London. So, 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 yeah, exactly. You know? So um, the fact that they could, you know, see the patient. Um, I mean, let me emphasize uh, here one more time that you know it's everything safe. No data is transferred for for local devices. Yeah. I said just streamed yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know also people have a little bit sometimes. A, yeah a bad perception of of the cloud they think it's not safe mm. but actually if it's done right it can be actually more safe than because you have expert experts taking care of your data instead of you know the um, your local it, machines there inside the hospital yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so because i mean yeah, someone someone could someone could just break in and, and take the machine <laughs> like, yeah. someone can hack the but, machine it's, it's yeah. almost like it, it's almost like an i have an airplane analogy because some people think and even myself to be fair the, the airplanes are, are not the best environment for a human being to be in because they can go wrong. You, and if it does go wrong, it is a big problem, but they are so much safer than driving a car because yeah. they are, they're almost over safe to make sure yeah. that they're okay. So I reckon the cloud's gone in the same direction that it's like, it's over safe. It's so yeah. secure yeah. <laughs> to it's, alleviate it's, it's those a, concerns. It's a great analogy. That, that's exactly the situation. It's about the perception, right? Mm. Um, the perception is different, but it, yeah, it's definitely way safer. Um, so yeah, we are also very proud that you know we we yearly we hi hire some you know hackers to try to hack us and uh, find vulnerabilities on our system, and yeah. always get really good grade on on that. So yeah, so yeah, it's um yeah, cl cloud is safe and it's, it's here to help. Right, I mean. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, uh, I've had an absolute pleasure um, speaking to you. There's been a couple of challenges yeah. <laughs> with, with, with lights and internet connections and yeah. Um, yeah. and and, and, and uh, construction works. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of things uh, going on today, indeed. But uh, well, now, now yeah. it's quiet for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I hope I hope everyone listening and, and watching managed to, to to take from it 
what I have, which has been fantastic and, and fascinating conversation. So um, thank you very much for your time. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's a big, big year for you guys. It's in a good lab yes. and I guess everyone is going to be watching with, with bated breath how you how you go to the next level. And if there is if there's anyone wanting to join, if anyone wanting to ask more questions, I imagine just reach out to you on LinkedIn or yeah, you can you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can um, uh, just go to nico-lab.com and um, drop us a message in the contact page. Um, yes, we are. Uh, I mean, the, we are really expanding the team, and you need, mm. you know you need uh, help everywhere. So, mm. when as I said, you know we value smart and proactive, dedicated people. So mm. uh, just uh, just contact us, and uh, and we and we continue the conversation there. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Bye-bye. That finishes this episode for LifeSci AI, the podcast series. I hope you got as much enjoyment out of that as I did. Join myself again in a couple of weeks where I'll be shining yet another light on a new area of AI within life sciences. In the meantime, follow SciPro on social media to hear about the latest updates on the series, but also on the roundtables and other work we do day to day. Please also like, share, tell a friend and comment on this podcast so that we can all promote the use of AI in life sciences together. Thanks for listening.